following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver, here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, you have uh, spoken now on the topic of guilt-free living. That's uh, part of the Discipleship University classes that you're doing on how to handle your emotions. And uh, you and I were just talking about one of the illustrations you shared. And so I guess it is now we're we're going into giving uh, cleaning tips. Is that right? <laughs> well, you with know, a, with I a had, purpose. Well, I, I, this was a last-minute thing that occurred. Uh, because I start, I always try to start with something personal, and I talked about how I had, uh, I was uh, at Texas Stadium with my friend, and we just watched all the people leave, and all of a sudden you see all these blue, 65,000 blue stadium seats, and uh, against the bright, uh, very attractive, green of the astral turf and I just remember seeing that and then all of a sudden I I uh, began to you know I, I talked about the thrill of victory because we had just won and the agony of defeat is how I felt because I began to mention to my friend I said you know I I feel so badly that I have let people down and and I started this litany of things that I had done wrong, you know, even toward my friend. And and she leaned over and said, June, you, obviously you don't know what grace is all about. I thought, I, that, I mean, I was surprised. I was surprised. You know, how, how could I not know? I mean, I had, I said, well, I've taught on grace. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes. And you give grace to others, but you don't give it to yourself. And I'd never thought of that. I didn't know that that was true. I'd, um, and so then she, but but yeah, I, I just I, and I, she, she said, you you really don't. You don't give grace to yourself. You you continue to feel guilty. And I I just wasn't even aware. And. Uh, Grace is a gift we don't deserve, and that's what it means, is, is literally, it's undeserved, unmerited, unearned, and uh, this is what God gives us in spite of our guilt, in, st- in spite of our sin, if we humble our hearts and receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. And then, uh, so I... I had everything kind of planned of what I was going to present on Sunday. And uh, on I, I, I somehow fell asleep just briefly, you know, just nodded off. And I had a black marker in my hand. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm alert, sort of alert. But I look, I thought, oh, no, that black marker... The pen, the the cap was off, and I had a big blotch on my navy pants. And I thought, I can't. And I kind of did an all-nighter that night working, and someone came to my opposite. I have a home office uh, from which I do this program. And you and I are not 
as we used to be. That's right. Eyeball to eyeball. <laughs> but um, she said, I can take this out. And I said, no, no, it says permanent, permanent marker, as in permanent ink. And uh, all I know is whatever she, she got, the stain remover. And she told me, because I called her the night before I was teaching, uh, she said, I, I said, what did you use? And so she told me, she said, this is where it is. And so, uh, and so I wrote something and I closed my teaching with this. When you, this, I call it the original stain remover. When you've made a mistake with permanent ink and your clothes are now blotched, with a stain. There's a, there is a solution called stain remover, which you go to a store to obtain. Yet the first creator of stain removal is the Lord our God. That's his claim. The solution is not in a bottle to buy, for he cleanses the guilt of our stain. Hmm. And the reason I thought about this is I was trying to figure out what to do, and I was with my co-worker friend, Beth, and I said, I can't seem to figure out how to do this, well, how to end. And she, she said, let me look. And so she looked at the various translations of Isaiah 118. And I love this song. And there's a song. Uh, come let us reason together though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow well in the Tyndale Living Bible it says come says the Lord no matter how deep the stain of your sin I can make it out I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow even if you are stained as red as crimson I can make you white as wool that's the meaning of that scripture, Isaiah 118. And so I did, uh, I, I, I shared the concept. I didn't write the poem until just now, but um, it's going to be at the end of our keys on guilt. But I love that scripture, Isaiah 118. In fact, if it's not underlined in your Bible, underline it. It is amazing. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. If you'd like to attend any of the uh, How to Handle Your Emotions classes that are coming up, there are several still remaining in the series, uh, topics like anxiety, envy and jealousy, self-worth, and it's all at uh, hopefortheheart.org slash events. Find out the details on that. There are Sundays at 5.30 Central Time and uh, going on at First Baptist Church of Dallas, or you can join it by Zoom. Of course, go there for all the details at hopefortheheart.org. Uh, slash events and find out the information that you need there. If you have any questions about the topics that we cover here, and uh, uh, for example, June was just talking about the topic of guilt. We have keys for living that will address uh, any of those issues and uh, even something that might be happening in your life. Our keys for living are sure to address those. Those are uh, just really full treatments of any particular issue. Uh, Maybe it's a theological issue. Maybe it's an emotional or relationship issue that you can find out more information there in our key for living, the one that will suit you. Just talk to customer support at 800-488-HOPE. Our keys for living on guilt called Living Guilt-Free. And again, that and uh, many, many titles are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Let's get to our caller for tonight, and we have listening on WMCA in New York. We welcome tonight Esther. Well, hello, Esther. Welcome to Hope. Hi, June. Thank you so much for taking my call. Well, I'm delighted. How can I help you? Um, uh, I called before, and um, uh, my parents uh, have been suffering with dementia since 2003, Mm. and my family's been going to... Well, um, at first it was my older sister who took advantage of my mom. I didn't mm. realize it at the time till later, financially. And then um, my brother, and then an aide, and then... Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's been going on since uh, about 2003, 2004. You t- you're saying people taking advantage, take, people taking advantage of your parents? Correct. Because wow. um, they're, they're pretty much in an advanced state of dementia. Yes. But they still appear 
semi-okay, but they're not well. You know, like they're not the middle, mm. you know, at all. Mm. I'm so anyway. sorry. Yeah, oh, thank you. I, um, so my brother had got brainwashed with Amway. He was in prison ministry. His church oh. backslid, and then he got surrounded by uh, Amway people and a, and, a, and a girlfriend who was very uh, non-transparent. And the next thing I know, he's completely um, not himself. And uh, he, we had my mother legally bought with him to get the estate back, control-wise. And then he came back uh, after she got sicker and colluded with the aide and the, the two uh, another, you know, uh, property, you know, real estate on man who was called himself a pro- our, my mom's property manager, but mm. he's really a, 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 a basically a very um, skilled crook. But anyway, so, um, so wow. we lost our estate, um, and my oldest sister is the only one in the family. There's four children that I'm talking mm-hmm. with, okay. and my, older, my brother, the only son, uh, is still... Uh, pretty much manipulating and controlling my parents, mm. uh, especially my mother, who is a matriarch. So, yes. you know, it's been, yeah, it's been an ongoing kind of this pain, you know, because um, it's been so long. I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, 2003, but the escalation happened, I would say, in uh, 2000, uh, well, in 2011, my mother sued my brother to get the estate back but then 2010 to 11 but but then she deteriorated and then he came back to evict all of us including my parents back in 2016 so mm. um the thing that um so I'm, i want to see my parents again they're they're in korea at the moment and um um you know i'm okay you know, it's been a couple of years since my brother liquidated and pretty much just threw away our world renown, my, my parents' business, which mm. I was kind of the manager for. I mean, yes. I was the only one who was really uh, equipped to continue it. So it was just a heartbreak because we it was a family business. We all kind of, but it was my parents and I that, um, you know, uh, was ongoing for the last 26, 28 years, whatever. It's been, it's a 54-year-old business. She mm. became very world-renowned for acupressure, the first one in the country. Acupressure? So it was just, oh, uh, yeah, acupressure. Acu- yeah, yeah oh. in 1974 she started, yeah. So there was no acupuncture at the time in terms of acceptance or awareness. So she yes. started acupressure in Japanese style. And President Ronald Reagan was flying in, every celebrity. Uh, Prime Minister Chido at the time, long time ago. So, mm. and then they had international recognition. So it was just a very heartbreaking. She yes. wrote a will. She didn't want to sell anything, and my brother just didn't honor anything. You know, honored any of my parents' wishes. Mm. So it, it's a heartbreak. It's a great loss. Um, yes. But I've come to terms with that. Um. I. You know. I understand. My mother has PTSD from the Korean War. She doesn't. Um, she hasn't been able to really yield herself completely to receive Christ, except although her mother was a powerful Christian Ooh. in North Korea. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah, so my mother has PTSD from escaping North Korea in 1953. Um, mm-hmm. There was a tremendous, yeah, there was a lot of civilians 
uh, that couldn't be distinguished from the uh, self-suicide bombers. Mm. So my point is that, so we apparently we all have PTSD from my mother, and mm. I accept that also. Now my brother is still uh, somewhat brainwashed by Amway, uh, has gotten into this very, um, he's very deeply, the last time I saw him, uh, the spirit of deception, the spirit of manipulation was so heavy that he almost like controlled my mom without speech. It was, I was really, um, it wasn't a snake spirit. It, it, my, my friend told me the aide had a python spirit. I mean, just just this incredibly stealthy, um, hmm. very effectively manipulating spirit. I, I can't really... It, it, it's almost like you have to experience it, and then you realize it's so um, powerful. You know, it's very... Um, so anyway, um, my brother uh, had called the cops on me, called the APS on me, to stop me from seeing my dad. They, he, I hadn't seen them for almost a year and a half after COVID. He took them to uh, West Coast. We were on the East Coast. We were no, originally from, you know, East Coast. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, I went to see my dad. I was fasting. He called me, and I went to see him. Um, but, yes. You know, my brother wouldn't. Yeah. So it was it was painful. But so I think he, did did he let is, you did he let you see your dad? Were you able to be with him? He found out from the my dad's assisted living that I I came to see my dad, and he immediately um, came to stop me. And um, he let me call my mom, and she was crying. She wanted to see me, but he immediately started, um, you know, verbally uh, badgering her. So she became very distressed and childlike, and just became confused. And yes. um, and what you know, and he, so he, I got to see them, but he kidnapped my dad, and then said that I kidnapped him. He, he, my dad later on ran away. And uh, well, I was able to mm. see him for another day or so before I had to return. I was there for one yes. day. Yes. Mm. Mm. Now. So how how can I help you? What what can I do I, to help well, you? I had to. I was advised by my friend that I had to call my brother. He ended up getting AML, acute myelocytic leukemia, uh, which is very was very aggressive. Didn't respond to chemo, and when he. He called me like two months ago, a month and a half ago, and uh, he was very, um, he started the conversation with a premise of a lie, which was, you know, mom and dad is capable of making their own decisions, and they don't want to see you. And so I was already, um, you know, taken aback. And, well, you know that's um, not true. That's not true. Yes, that's correct. That's absolutely okay. not true. But I know he's manipulating them. They're mentally, yes. um, yeah, and he scares them, especially my dad. Does and he so have power of attorney? Is he their um, power of attorney? He, he probably does because, um, you know, they sign things and they, not, they don't know what they're signing. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I believe he does. I, I, I think okay. he... Uh, it, it, it did go to court at, at one point, uh, the situation, um, and because he had called the APS and he had abandoned my dad financially. So it did go into uh, a guardianship court in the West Coast, and they realized that uh, they, there was some sort of financial 
unlawfulness that they started investigating, and my brother evaded by bringing, putting them into Korea. You know, just had them escape the whole situation mm. um, to escape investigation, so to speak. So now um, my friend wants me to call my brother to express love and show love. Uh, I was able to do that when I was visiting my dad and my mom and my brother. That was, that was last January, a year ago. Um, but my friend, a, a good friend that, um, anyway, I prayed me through. She prayed me through. Basically, she was able to be my prayer partner to just hold my hand and just, you mm-hmm. know, miraculously just pray through that impossible situation. I mean, it was just, I couldn't see my dad. I, I had flown over to the West Coast, rented a hotel, but it was just... But I did get to see him at the very end, at least for a day, a day and a half. So I was very grateful that I got to see him at least for a couple of days. Yes. And um, now, my thing is, my friend's not available. Um, I realize I'm codependent. You know, um, that's why I, allow, I seem to be allowing my sister to abuse me a little bit, you know, quite a bit. And, um, I mean, you know, financially. And... So I'm realizing it, and I'm trying to, you know, uh, be healthy boundary-wise. But I get, I, I have anger issues. I, I don't realize it, but I, I'm, I'm, I don't always, um, I'm not always able to um, hold, restrain myself. I'm getting a little bit better, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But when my brother starts, um, you know, provoking me with lies. Yes. I, I have. To, I realize that I have to just say nothing in return and just be kind. This is what I'm being advised, and I, I really respect these women. Uh, I'm not very, very close with them, but they do pray for me and my family, um, and I do appreciate them. Okay. Well, when we come back, I'd like to ask, I know you, now you've mentioned your sister, uh, I'd like to understand, is your sister um, in your in your territory as opposed to in the West Coast? You're in the East Coast, uh, New York, and um, if, if you believe that you are allowing her, it sounds like, to have some control. Uh, I just want clarity of that. But do understand, the Bible does say, be angry, but do not sin. And that's when there's injustice that is taking place. We have an exciting opportunity to share with you to help bring light into one of the darkest areas of the country, into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. Rikers Island is home to 10,000 inmates and is known as one of the harshest prisons in the country. The prison chaplain told us that he was holding back tears because the inmates were so hungry and grateful to receive books filled with hope and truth. It was a direct answer to years of prayer, and the transformation was so great that they got a baptistry so that the inmates could be baptized. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the topics here on the program tonight, call 800-488-HOPE for customer support anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central. They'll they'll help you access resources that can help you to deal with a struggle you might be having. And so give them that opportunity and talk to them about what you might need help with. The keys for living on manipulation that we have called Cutting the Strings That Control. We have that as well as so many other titles that you might find helpful there. And we want to make sure that you get something that will help you or maybe help you to help others. The topic of codependency was mentioned as well. And we have keys for living there called Balancing an Unbalanced Relationship. Again, call customer support at 800 4 888-HOPE, 800-488-4673, and they'll help you. Let's get back to our conversation now with Esther. Well, Esther, I hear that your your heart is being sensitive to your parents' needs, yet it seems that uh, the one who has control of your parents is their son, your brother, and... Uh, it's he's made it very very contentious and difficult um you just mentioned your sister and you said you mentioned being codependent and uh, allowing your sister um is it to manipulate you is that what you're you're saying right yes um she abuses me and my friends um, to do whatever favor she needs, you know. For me, it's financial. My friends, it's free labor, you know. Um, and I realize we all have the same problem. My friends, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to please her because she's very good at um, making us uh, feel loved and accepted when we are with her. And then when we she doesn't need us, she'll just turn very quickly, you know, turned very, um, very verbally abusive, you know, mm. and, uh, like and then what I'll would she say? I'll, I'll leave. Yeah, yeah what, what types sorry. of things would she say to you that would be um, verbally abusive? She, uh, just openly um, mocking and criticizing in front of her friends, mm. or um, she'll just, just open letdowns. But that's because 
you know, after I buy the food for her and we do the barbecue and we set it up and cook for her, mm-hmm. um, her friends show up and she, she doesn't need us anymore. So then that comes that place where she starts expressing that I don't need you kind of attitude and it, it comes out quite, uh, yeah. It's, there's always a, a very strong motive that for me as a sister, I could see it, but mm-hmm. I, I seem to always fall in and then I'm realizing, oh my goodness, all these years I've been just, you know, uh, enabling her in her manipulation. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just try to avoid and, um, you know, avoid her. But I'm, I was always torn between trying to be kind and, you know, show love of Jesus. But then I, I still, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a catch-22 because when you're in that mental, I, I don't always see it. And so I know she has a financial need. She doesn't want to get a regular job. She's an ex-model actress. She's, there's a grandiose delusional component where she mm. can't deflate. She can't come down to this regular job level. And so um, everything has to be on a big scale. And uh, so it's very difficult because she hasn't been able to make any income for many for a long time. So, But yeah. this is and, self-willed because, as you said, she is choosing not to work, and therefore she's needing money to be able to exist. And yet, if that is beneath her, sounds like that's beneath her to do that, to to have a, a normal job, um, then right. she, uh, then she, somehow she, you get manipulated. Correct. Well, she's only doing her non-for-profit NGO work and she's always pursuing different projects but they don't make money because I I feel they're not genuine you know they're not she's not being transparent and mm. God's not opening any doors for her um, mm. I did one time pray for her to get the finance and she got a huge finance and she abused us for five weeks when we went to Korea to help her recover from this uh, you know her idea and money was stolen afterwards I realized it was just, I just made the biggest mistake praying for her to get finances because she became more abusive, more grandiose, more, (laughs) you know. And so I told her I would never pray for that again, and she doesn't respect that, you know, it's the prayers that's really helping her, but she doesn't honor God at this point. So she's Mm -hmm. got a big Buddha statue. Um, Just very difficult. So I'm just going to, um, she's facing possible eviction. So there's nothing I can do. I just see that there's this very stronghold that she just doesn't want to yield, and I have to let her get to where she needs to go. I I can't keep supporting her financially or food-wise and uh, because it's just not going. It's not helping her uh, meet Jesus, I feel, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm impressed that you know, first of all, that even you know the word codependency most people even if they've heard it they still don't quite understand what that is and then you've used the word enabler um the and that's the problem is codependency is it describes a the dysfunctional behavior of someone who is trying to adapt to the destructive behavior uh, of 
someone who is um, being abusive. Um, that's one way to look at it. It's, but codependent enablers enable dysfunctional people in their lives to continue on with their dysfunction because there isn't there isn't marked uh, boundaries. In other words, uh, codependency involves being too dependent on someone else uh, that um, and, and that's not going to meet the needs of that person who's dysfunctional. And you're right about it. I'm, I'm, I'm complimenting you saying, okay, you understand what codependency is. Um, and you're doing too much for someone. Uh, the, the co part means with. Um, um, the dependent is you're being, it's like, it, it's like the person who's the alcoholic. The codependent is the with the alcoholic, and the the codependent person. Sorry, the the uh, the well, the codependent person is trying to please the one who has a dysfunctional or let's say a dependency on alcohol, and yet it doesn't help. The point is. If you're an enabler, you perpetuate another person's destructive behavior by protecting that person from the painful consequences that could actually serve as a motivation for change. But you understand that. I, I hear it. You've already said it, that if you keep bailing her out, um, or in other words, when she could have a responsible uh, lifestyle, but she chooses instead to be needy of you and these other friends. So, and then, and then when you all help, then if she doesn't want you anymore, she is curt. Sounds like she's curt with you, um, and she becomes verbally abusive. Am I right about all that? Yes, uh, she used to physically abuse me um, financially. I mean, it, it used to be a lot worse. It used to be a lot worse, but I, I've kind of grown out of it. You know, I, I've, I've, I just avoid, I walk out as quickly as I can. Once she gets into that mode, that negative attack mode, so I'll just leave. Wow. But, so how, how was she yeah. physically abusive toward you? In the past. Uh, she used to come to my work office and not leave or uh, invade my sleeping quarters or area. And one time I called the cops and she convinced the cops that I was the one who was a fraud. And they um, forcibly almost arrested me. Oh my they they put me on handcuffs because my sister was so convincing. Um, and forced the ambulance to take me to a psych ward where I used to... Yeah, teach. I wasn't attending. <laughs> I mean, it was huh. so ridiculous that, and they even grabbed me when I didn't have shoes. By by the grace of God, my sister gave me shoes so I could walk back. But it was um, just to show wow. you how convincing she is with her words. But and then when the crook was stealing three million from my mom with the aid, 
with mm. an ex-prostitute, by the way, taking over our famous, world-famous spa, a medical spa, by the way. So the whole thing was just it's so unreal. But anyway, um, my, my sister was upset that the crook was getting the money that she should get, my mother, mm. which kind of upset me. You know, it just, it just showed me that she just didn't care except the money. But, but she's not a believer, so I, you know, I have to realize, yes. um, you know, that she's okay. not in her right. Just like my brother, he's backslidden, and he's completely uh-huh. not in his right, uh, right mm-hmm. state of mind. Um, just so sad. I, I, so anyway, so yeah. You, it, it, let it, me it, just it, ask, it, may I ask a quick question? Of the, the quick question is, when you called previously, several, yes. uh, several years ago, did did you identify yourself as a doctor? Or I did. In the medical, I did. I used to yeah. yeah, yeah, and yes. and so this is you're you're very sharp, really, and yet I understand you can be in a pattern, uh, and you know I I I appreciate your heart. You're trying you're trying to figure out what do I do that's right, and. Um, so, give me. Can you give me a scenario that, with your sister, that would be something that would be difficult for you now that you're going to have to face, or it could be something that happened in the past, and we could figure out what what you could have done differently. But you tell me what how what you want to share with me, so I can be of help. Right. So. Um, my sister is facing probably eviction, and mm-hmm. I warned her she's living in her deceased um, child adolescent psychiatrist's home, and she mm-hmm. passed away. Um, and I warned her about it, that she had to prepare financially for a lawyer. She didn't listen, and now she doesn't have funds. So I know she's going to probably face an eviction. But meanwhile, I'm trying to get my parents back to try to get them to live together so everybody will have a place to live and care for each other. I'd like to be part of my parents' care again. So that's my hope. So that's when my brother comes in. My brother is the one who's stopping my parents from coming back. So I have to learn to talk to both of them in a Mm -hmm. very uh, loving, um, you know, manner so that They'll come to their senses and hopefully get saved. I'm praying very hard um, to do the right thing for my parents. Yes. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and he calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here because of your generous support of this ministry. We thank you for that. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help you get to God's hope through our resources, and they'd love to talk with you and see what situation you might be dealing with in your life, which of our titles would be most appropriate for you. We do have Keys for Living on Manipulation, and wanted to uh, mention that one to you, let you know the uh, subtitle of that one called Cutting the Strings That Control. That's on manipulation, and customer support can guide you to that one, even get it uh, to your door as soon as uh, you get in touch with them and order it from them. So again, that's 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If there's something going on in your life, you'd like to talk with June Hunt about that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, just give us a call here at 800 917 That's 800-N-I-G-H-T. Just spell out the word night, night 17. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us, and we'll get back to you to talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. We love to talk with you. That's 800 night 17 800-644-4817. Getting back now to our conversation with Esther. Well, my friend, you have described two different scenarios entirely. One is dealing with your parents who were on the West Coast and you were on the East Coast. Um, and then you've described a very manipulative sister Um, who expects you to basically do all kinds of things that basically you know um, will not change, be be a motivation for change if you keep providing uh, the assistance when there are things that she could do to help herself. Um, So um, then the very last thing you said is that you wanted to be able to get your parents uh, to be able to and, and you wanted there to be uh, the opportunity then for you to care for them. And um, obviously, as a doctor, you um, obviously have skill in that area. The, the issue, of course, is your brother, and even though he has leukemia, 
many times I understand that doesn't stop a person that, that there there are treatments that can be helpful for him, but the issue is he has blocked you um, quite successfully, except for a little bit of time that you were able to have when you flew to the West Coast to be, uh, and then you had time with your your father, uh, but it was um, not easy at all because uh, you don't. There's no cooperation with your brother so far, and so uh, what I'm wanting to know is, is there anything that would indicate that you, well, uh, okay, let me tell you one thing I thought. I thought of this. There, and I, I know people who have been successful with this. And there is, in every state, there is an agency that deals with elder abuse. Elder abuse. And if you were to write up what had happened, and I'm not saying that this is what you should do. This is just a an offering of something, and explain the details, and possibly let a friend read it before you send it. But it needs to be very concrete. The kind of abuse that you think um, he has um, uh, committed. Uh, by lack of the right kind of care for your parents, uh, then there is a possibility that someone in that agency um, would be able to um, come to to uh, intervene, intervene. And um, now, I, again, this is a long shot. I say it's a long shot. I, I know people who have done this to, to where it reversed the care of their loved one, their parent, in this case, that I'm thinking right now. Um, so have you investigated that or done anything like yes. that in the past? Yes, yes. So uh, I know I was kind of uh, talking fast. Um, my brother abandoned my dad at his assisted living last year, and uh, they opened a guardianship case to take over his control over his finances. They found out that my mother was living in a private assisted living um, and realized that their finances were separated, which was unlawful in the state of Washington where they were, which was oh. one of eight states that did not legally allow that. So they did start an investigation. My brother got alarmed. And as soon as they opened the investigation, he literally put them on a plane and put them back in Korea, yes. um, South Korea. And my 80-year-old aunt has been taking care of them for almost 10 months. Oh, you! so they are still in Korea? In Korea, yes. Ah, okay. I, I, I missed I didn't yeah, understand not, that they were still there. Okay, yes. so and your brother that, is is not involved right now with the care well, of. He is. Oh. Right, right. He's controlling the remainder of the small amount, whatever finances that he liquidated of my mother, and he controls their social, whatever they have, and basically he's not allowing anybody to communicate with them except my aunt. 
who's caring for them. He's not allowing e- my sister even to even or, though they are in yeah. even though they're in South Korea. Okay. Correct. Correct. So he's basically controlling everything through my mother, who has Stockholm syndrome. So she's doing whatever he says. Like she screams and doesn't allow my dad to. You know, he, it's 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 all manipulation. It's all manipulation. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So how practical is it that you are going to be able to give care well, to your parents? Um, I've done it before, um, mm-hmm. and I just want to... My dad's turning 89. My mm-hmm. mom's turning 86 in this year. Um, I just want to at least have our family reunited again. Yes. Um, is that the daughters are all in the East Coast. We're all New York, New Jersey. So I just want, because my dad expressed he wanted to live back here, you know. Um, so I just want the opportunity to be with them and take care of them. Um, I had a dream my older sister would take care of my mom. I mean, I'm praying that she'll get saved after all this is over. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of pressure because she's facing an eviction. She has a lot of stuff. She's, she's not in, she's not planning Plan B where she's going to put any of her stuff, and I'm very practical, but she doesn't want to be realistic. So okay. I'm already praying as to what's going to happen um, when this thing actually happens, uh, as to God just giving us the grace to, you know, move all this stuff out and uh, hopefully uh, get a house or something. You know, um, it just I don't have the financial means to just get a house to my parents parents at this moment, but I'm just praying for God to just do something for us so that we could be at least united as a family and spend time together and be able to take care of them properly. My aunt um, is sacrificing all her personal activities. She can't even go to church because my mom is not able physically as well, you know? Mm-hmm. She's not as physically... So there's a lot of sacrifice my aunt is making that my cousin has expressed that he's not happy with. And it's going on for, like, a while now. So I think, you know, it'd be nice. How, if, how do you so anticipate is, getting your parents, though, back? In, I'm hearing you're wanting correct. to be have them in the, in the States. Your father wants correct. to be back in the States. So how do you correct. anticipate correct. getting that done, though, with if your brother, what? I mean, if my, you're... My brother, yeah. my brother reached out to me, but I did not have the patience to. Uh, I didn't have the self restraint, the self control, to realize that he's not thinking, he's not uh, able to see uh, the truth for what it is, and that he will continue to lie, and continue to um, try to get whatever acknowledgement. I don't, you know, whatever whatever he wants me to acknowledge. That's the only way I was able to see my dad. Like and my mother, uh, I had to just go along with whatever he wanted to say. Just be a yes man, just to placate my brother to be able to be with my parents for a few hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whatever I could mm-hmm. see of them, he was controlling everything. He would only allow a family meeting for maybe two hours, three hours. Um, it was just a very restricted, his controlled environment, and so I had to go along with it. Otherwise, he would get my mother in uproar, and my mother literally dragged my dad out of the hotel room. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. uh, just terrible. 
so I've learned that I have to. But then when he called me like six weeks ago, I I forgot, and I I started saying you're you're starting the conversation with the premise of a that's something that's not true, and <laughs> that didn't work well at all for him. And mm-hmm. he texted me for like like just very furious, fuming for like an hour and said, you're never going to see mom and dad again. So he was basically threatening me that if I don't do what he wants uh, or say what he wants to hear, um, that he would never allow my mom to come back. Like he would never uh, allow my mom to okay my dad's desire, wishes to come back. With, And she doesn't want to be alone because she knows she can't survive alone. So she's the one who's holding everything back because my, my dad's, my brother's, brain controlling her, basically. So I have to be nice to my brother, basically, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where, um, yeah, the self-control and realizing, you know, I just have to love on him. This is what I've been advised, and I know it's true. I have to remember that um, he's not really in his right mind because of this brainwashing state. He's in a state of blindness, according to what God told me. And I just have to be aware that I'm talking to somebody who's, um, you know, not himself. Like, he's not lucid in the spiritual reality. Well, so then, are you are you believing that there could be a, an acceptance on his part to have your father and mother come back and be in the States yes. where you take care of them? Okay. Then um, my suggestion is to write out literally a plan that seems workable to you, and um, then including how you're going to deal with your brother because he holds the uh, legal power. It sounds like, and um, if that, and you might want to verify that he is power of attorney um, to make sure uh, but the bottom line is write out the plan and then you could see also uh, have, have a friend who is wise to look at your plan how you can get your parents back to the states uh, I, I know that that's your heart and so um I'll, I'll go on and send you our material because you've mentioned this on on codependency so that you can try to be, the, the, the steps to take so that you won't cave in to your sister and I know manipulation is a big issue here so I'm, I'll ask our, our praying audience We will send our keys for living called Manipulation, Cutting the Strings at Control. We'll send that to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.